0: Welcome to the Highway Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us today. To find out more about us, visit highway.com.au. You know, when you you start to stop and think about Jesus, get your eyes off the stuff and just think about Him. It makes everything else fade away. And I think that's the place we should be. We can just, whatever hits us, it doesn't matter because Jesus is in our life because Jesus is in our life we've been going through a bit of a series not a series but a bit of a statement really it's the the power of we've already spoken about the power of forgiveness the power of forgiveness sets us free as we forgive others we can live a life of freedom Pastor Byron brought brought a word about the power of one and how we're one when we're one we're in unity the strength that comes through the body spoke about the power of trust can we really trust Jesus? Can we trust God in every situation? And last week, the word was brought about the power of wisdom. Can we be wise and walk this, this life well, full of wisdom? And today, this might be a challenging word for some people, but are you ready? I'd like to talk about the power of all heard that song and we all want to experience love but I believe the power of love is the underlying power in everything we do in our faith if we build our foundation on the power of love I don't think we can go wrong even when we think we go wrong we can't go wrong with the power of love the Beatles sang a song and they said all you need is love I don't know if it's all you need is love but love is the foundation of should be the foundation of everything we do and can I, can I ask you this morning, as you've come in, do you feel like you're loved? Do you feel love? Are you able to express love? Do you think you're free in this area where you can give and take love? Can you accept the love of someone else in your life? We've all come into this, pl- into this service, maybe even last week something happened. Maybe you're free and you just can share love with everybody. But I like to to everyone leave the service today and feel free. They can walk out in the power of love. And the love of God is going to guide you in everything you do. It's amazing what people do and say when they think about love. Sayings like, let's commit the perfect crime together. I'll steal your heart and you can steal mine. Yeah. I would never say these. Would I, Claire? No, I'm hopeless. Are you a banana? Because I find you appealing. Well, <laughs> my feet are getting cold because you've knocked my socks off. <laughs> Guys, you better write some of these down. And even though there aren't stars out tonight, you're still shining like one. Oh. We all think of love as this this feeling, this emotion that we get between two people, and it's it's a bond that we just can't let go of. Well, I hope we get, we we feel that, but I hope that same feeling and that same emotion is the bond we have between our heavenly Father and ourselves. Then we think about Jesus. We can say that even though there aren't any, aren't any stars out tonight, you're still shining like one in my life. It sounds soppy, especially for us for us blokes, but. This power of love can be the most powerful thing in our lives. Can I ask a question? What what was it that attracted you to faith, to Christianity? Was it the fact that you realized without his his help you were going to a crisis eternity? Was it the fact that your life was so broken that you needed a, a, a change or a chance and so you took a chance in faith? Was it because that you felt the power or the love of something come in your life and you responded to to this love that was shed in your life, and you responded in love back, I'm hoping that we responded because Jesus gave it all and we're deciding we're going to give everything back to him and follow him. This should be a huge driver of our lives. The fact that God loves us, and some of you here today just need to hear that one word, that God loves you. God loves you, 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 God loves you. Can you imagine he's just singing that out through eternity, how much he loves you? He loves you. And we know that it was expressed as his arms were stretched wide and nails were pierced into his hands. And he might not have been saying it with his voice, but he was saying it with his actions, how much he loved you. And that goes throughout eternity, those very same things, that he loves you. Never going to leave you, never going to forsake you, he just loves you. 1 John 4, verses 7 to 8, it says, Beloved, let us love one another. For love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is the overarching filter or law of everything in the universe, that God is love. Not just He feels love, not just He displays love, but God is actually love. Can you imagine what this world would be like if there was no God? Imagine how much would be torn apart if God was not in in this world because God is actually love. If love was taken out of the world, what would this place look like? I would not want to be in this world. And even the way he holds the molecules together, he holds the earth together, he holds everything in the universe together, his love holds actually this community we have together. Without that this will will be a, a dark 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 place and I believe even though people without faith still have a measure of God 's love in their lives because it was put into us to be able to love without love there would be no families there'd be no unit there would be no kids you know we're this neighbor and his his, his name was Ben I've spoken about it a while ago and And if if you had a neighbour from hell, this was the neighbour from hell. As you drove up on the car, some days he would stand at the front front door and just yell obscenities at you as you drove in the front gate. He would throw things at cars as they came down the road and he would call the cops on somebody if they made a loud noise. He was always ringing the council because someone was lighting a fire or someone had built a fence in the wrong place or something had gone wrong. If something went wrong, he would actually come down and stand in the middle of the road and stop the neighbours as they drove up the road and try and stick his hands through the, through the, the window and try and punch them as they came, came up the road. He was the neighbour from hell, was Ben. But then when you got to know Ben, and, and I managed to have a couple of discussions with him, I stood up to him once and I managed to get a bit of respect and he finally broke down and, and told me how he had been ripped off really, really badly and lost his millions of dollars and someone had taken the lot out of some really bad dealings. He told me how he was born into this family of dysfunction. Never knew really a mum and a dad and, and used to make a living by going out west in, in the boxing rings and, and made money from, from boxing. This bloke, was, he was a big guy. He was a huge guy. And then later on in life, he told me how his, his daughter, his one daughter, had got into the bad, bad crowd and some, some drugs. She'd gone out to... to One night, and and the guys she was with, I don't know exactly what happened, but long story short, they killed her. And he was left devastated from this life of brokenness, and then his his one and only daughter was killed. And out of that, you could see he was lashing out to everybody, and and his hurt became their hurt. His pain became their pain, and he, he was pulling the world down to his situation. But then as we spoke to him, and we managed to get this relationship going with him, This man found Jesus. Not really gave his life to God. But this man, as we prayed for him in his driveway one one day, and prayed for him that he'd forgive the man that actually hurt his or killed his daughter, and he managed to say, say some words out, and you could see this man's countenance change. He stopped abusing the neighbors. He stopped throwing things at the cars. He stopped standing in the middle road and stopping the cars. He actually came into our house and helped me cut some trees down. This man was a changed man. And the reason why he was changed, because he stepped out of this place of hurt. And he managed to accept some love. And the love broke through in his life. And he managed to have a relationship with his wife. We even saw that change. And I don't know how his wife stayed with him, but she did. And even their relationship changed. And he, when we left a few years later, when he sold his house and moved away, he was a man that was soft, a man that was able to speak to you. And he knew there was a God. He found a faith, but he was struggling with exactly how it all worked. But the love of God had broken through in his life. And we might not carry those same hurts and pains that he carried, but we all carry some hurts and pains. And the love of God can break through in your life. And the areas where we think, I, I'm, I'm gone in this area, God is just too far away and too distant, when we know the love of God, it sets us free. You know, I'd like to, to read this morning from 1 Corinthians 13, verses 1 to 13. If you've read the Bible any sort of time you'll know about this passage. And Paul was writing from a church in Ephesus to the Corinthians. He'd spent 18 18 months with the Corinthians and built this strong church that was vibrant in its faith. It was outward looking. It believed in the miraculous. It moved in the miraculous. It knew that Jesus had died for their sins and they were set free. And it stepped out of this position to where the world had, had infiltrated the church. And in Corinth, It had the te- there was a temple there to, the, to Aphrodite. And every, every night, there would be a thousand, some, maybe up to 10,000, what they called priestesses, would come out of the, the temple. And they would go down to the countryside, and they called themselves priestesses, but they were prostitutes, really. And they went out, and they made money, and they brought it back to the temple. And this had infiltrated the church. And the church had lost its way. It had lost its love, and it had found a different type of love, a worldly type of love that that God never designed for them. And so he was writing this word to them. The Greeks even said that playing the Corinthian was synonymous with drunkenness. And a Corinthian girl, when you said you're from Corinth, they always thought the worst of you because you're from Corinth. And so he was writing to this church that had started out so strong, and yet it had fallen in some areas, and he says and he talks about the way of love he says and if i speak in the tongues of men and of angels and have not love i'm not a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal and if i have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and knowledge and i have all faith so as to remove mountains but have not love i am nothing for give away all that i have and if i deliver up my body to be burned and have not love i gain nothing for love is patient and kind love does not envy or boast the most powerful force. Even though I speak with, with tongues of men or angels and don't have love, I'm a noisy gong. I was trying to look for a cymbal this morning that I could smash together to make a loud noise. Have you ever had a cymbal go off that's really close to your ears and it leaves that, that deadening sound in your ears that you can't hear? And if we haven't got love and if we walk out of love it's like these symbols going off in our lives and it leaves us dull and for a while you just can't hear and I don't know if you've been in situations where people have done things not out of love and it dulls you it takes the edge off It it makes you insecure, makes you fearful it hurts you it dulls you but when we come out of love, it's clear. It's clear the world becomes brighter. Somehow the days are better. Somehow you can hear the birds singing more. It just changes your reality when, when, when love is in the room. And how much as we, as people of faith, are swayed just by the gifts? And we look towards the gifts instead of looking towards the love. Because I I wonder what would happen if we all knew how to love really, really, really well. And we all looked out for the one. I wonder how many of the gifts would naturally flow through our lives if we loved and we loved well. If we accepted love well. If we knew what it was to actually love. I believe that love is the greatest spiritual gift ever. And I'll admit it now, I'm probably not that good at it. But it's, <laughs> but it's the greatest spiritual gift ever. Don't you love it when, you, when you've helped someone out and you can see their countenance change? Don't you love it when you've managed to, to give something to someone? Even if it's just a word of encouragement, you see their shoulders lift and their chest puffs, puffs out and all of a sudden they're a better person. I love it. I love it. So it's the most powerful verse, verses 1 and 3, and we won't go through it. But it's also, we don't have to pay for this love. Can I tell us all, and we know this, but how oftentimes times we do this, we feel like we have to pay for our freedom. We feel like we have to pay for the love that was Jesus had given to us. But can I encourage you this morning, we don't have to pay for any of this. This is given freely. And because it's been given freely to us, can we receive freely? Can we open up ourselves and be open and honest towards our God to receive the love that Jesus had for us? Because on the cross he said it was finished. He just wants us to follow, not to pay. Can we learn to rest? Because love is patient and kind. Love does not boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Isn't that the sort of love we really want? A love that never ends. That's the love that Jesus has for us. A love that breaks through boundaries. A love that sets people free. A love that sets us free. You know, what is this love? If you know the story of the Samaritan woman, Jesus goes to a, a place he shouldn't have been to meet a woman she sh- he shouldn't have talked to to set her free. Another woman reaches out and touches the hem of his garment and she's all the pain is lifted from her body. All because God is love. He goes out and he spends time with the tax collectors. The tax collectors of the day were probably like the the bikeys today. Or the mafia if you're in Italy. That was the tax collectors. And here is Jesus going to spend time with these guys because they're so broken. Because the love of God is is being shed abroad to their, to their lives. The greatest gift that Jesus ever gave to us was Luke twenty two forty two. 42. And he says quite honestly to his father, Father, if you're willing, take this cup from me. Yet not my will, but your will be done. But the fact that he gave and laid down his own will for us not my will, but yours will be done because of us. God, see, God bears all things. He will bear you up lest you, you stub your foot on a stone because he cares about you. Jesus didn't insist on his own way when he came to the cross. And if you notice, he gives us free will. He doesn't insist on us He doesn't tell us what to do. He gives us the choice to love him. He gives us the choice to follow him. God believes in you. He's given you a future and a hope. See, God endured all things for mankind. Because he did this for us, he gives us a commandment. And we all know what a commandment is. A commandment is a law. A commandment is something, that's, it's, it's as if you're a senior officer. Your commander-in-chief has given you a commandment and the soldiers go out and they, they, do, they do what the chief has said. It's a commandment, it's a command. Well, this is a command that Jesus gave to us. And it says a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another even as I loved you. Big call. Huge call. What would happen if, if Jesus stood in front of you and he said, this is a command, this is a commandment I've given to you, that you love one another as I have loved you. It's, it's, it's a choice, but it's a choice coming down from your, from your commander-in-chief, a new commandment. What a challenge for us. This is a commandment. It's not an add-on. This is not just something. This is, this is a commandment for us to do, to love one another as, as I have loved you. And how do we work that out? This is the greatest force in the universe, I believe. You know, as Christians, we hear a lot about love. And if if you know about love, it talks about in the Greek, there's four types of love. There's eros love, which is a love between between a husband and his wife. And the bounds of marriage and in the right areas, in the right arena, this is the most beautiful thing. But in the wrong arenas where the world's corrupted it and we get stuck, it just becomes addictive. And instead of us controlling this beautiful thing, it, it controls us and we get stuck in a quagmire that we can't get out of or it's very, very hard to get out of. And this eros love that God has given us is, is spectacular in the, right, in the right place, but in the wrong place, it just pulls us down. There's the filial love, which is a respect between, between brothers or between, it's probably the love that Jesus had with his disciples, a brotherly love. There's a storge love, which is the, lo- the love between a parent and their child. And If there's any parents in the room, which there is lots of parents in the room, you know what it was like. If, if, if your child was in the middle of the road and there was a car coming, you would lay your life on the, on the line for your child. That's the sort of love that this, this love has betrayed. A storge love. The last one is the agape love. This is the love that was spoken about over 200 times in the New Testament. This is the love that God had for us. It's an unconditional love. This is not just feelings. This is not just words. This is not just an arm. This is a universal commitment towards each other. This is a universal commitment to God that no matter how I feel, no matter what's going on in my life, he agapes me and I agape him. Jesus stands on his side of the, the, the bargain and he, he says, it's your free will to do whatever you want, but my agape love is always going to be f- there for you. No matter what, it's never going to leave you. You're never going to get away from my agape love because it's there for everybody. But will we accept the agape love of God and will we give some back to him? That is the question. The biggest, strongest force in the universe. Jesus showed us agape love for us because he healed the sick. He raised the dead, he fed the hungry, he cast out demons, he preached the kingdom. Last one was that Jesus gave his life for us. You know, when Jesus was around, women weren't weren't valued at all. And Jesus breaks the culture of the time and values women. He breaks the culture of the time and values children. He breaks through the cultural boundaries and says that I'm going to love Even though it might take me to a place of the cross, I'm still going to love. Spent time with the poor people, the women, the outcasts, the lepers, the children, the prostitutes, the tax collectors. Jesus was the perfect model of us laying down our lives for others. So can I ask the question, what stops us? What stops us from portraying this love? There's a story about a man that sent out his servants for a wedding feast. And he sent them out to, to find his friends and the people he knew, the important people, to come to this wedding feast. And he says, says to one, will you come to my feast? And he says, No, I've just bought a field and I need to sow the field. Another man says, Could have been a woman, says, I've just got married and I can't come because I've just got married. Another one says, I've just bought a brand new yoke of oxygen, I've just bought a brand new Camaro, just built a brand new XR6. Just bought whatever it may be and I can't come to this because I need to go and flog my car. And all his so-called friends and important people said they couldn't come. So he sends out the the invitation to the poor, to the sick, to the lame, to the hurt, to the broken. Will you come to my, my wedding feast? This love that was shed abroad. So he's saying to us this morning, Are you going to come to my wedding feast? Are you going to come and experience my love? He's saying and asking us all today, Are you going to live and and change to be imitators of me that you're going to show love to others? See, church on Sunday is not at all, it's just the the caring during the week that really makes a difference. If I was going to ask you, Who was your neighbor? What would you say? Is it my neighbor? Is it my family? Is it people in my street? Is it people in my town? Is it the world? Who is my neighbor? Because we've got to love our neighbors ourselves. I've noticed through living life and doing a bit of ministry that people who go through tough, hard times, it can either make them very, very hard or it can make them very, very, very soft. And some of us I gotta say this well. We're not missing out, but we're almost missing out because we've never been through really, really tough times. And we struggle to emphasize to people and to feel the pain in people. But I love it when I see someone who's come out of a really painful situation and they can see people, they can see others, they can see the pain in others. And they just want to help others because the love is just flowing out of their lives. And can I tell you this morning, if if you're still in that place where you feel like you're broken, if you feel like you're hurt, you are not broken. You are not broken past the point that Jesus cannot heal you. Do not let the, the enemy tell you that you're broken beyond brokenness. You're just in the process of being built up to a stronger person where God can use you to be the to be the person he wants you to be. You're on the path of being made whole. In Jesus' eyes, you are whole. It's just sometimes our mind and our body has, takes a while to catch up with where Jesus sees us because he sees us perfect. He sees us whole. And sometimes it's just this needs to be repaired a little bit more so we can come into alignment with what he's saying over us. And our body needs to come to alignment with the fact that he has healed me and, and it just comes to alignment with the love that was shed for us. You know, perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. Can I say this morning? If we're going to look, learn about the power of love and walk in the power of love, first thing is love God. Second thing is love yourself. Third thing is love your family, love your friends, love your neighbors. And the last one is to love your enemies. (laughs) Isn't that fun? Love your enemies. This agape love is not just a feeling. It's a decision that I'm going to love no matter what. I'm going to give my love no matter what. I'm going to give it to others. But first of all, I'm going to accept it for myself. To know that I'm loved. To know that God loves me. To know that when he looks, looks down on me, he smiles on me. To know that wherever I've come from, I'm in right standing the same with everyone else. God just loves me. He loves everybody the same. No different. Can we take a chance today and let God show us his love? Can we take a chance today and feel his love. You know, I stopped at the end of that, that song quite purposely for a, for a little while because in the noise, sometimes we just can't hear and feel that love of God. And when you stop for a minute, you can start to get the connection. The connection comes back. And this morning as, as we're sitting here now, I'm just going to pray. And I'm going to pray that even though you might not feel anything, that you're going to leave this place different. That something's going to shift because some of us here have been going around the mountain of the same thing quite a few times. And, you know, even though we've been through that mountain a few times, God is a place of bringing us to a place of reconciliation where we don't have to go around any longer. So I'd like you to to pray after me a few things. The first thing I'd like you to pray or speak out of your mouth and I'd just like you to say these simple words. I love myself. Can we say it again? I love myself. I love me. I love who I am. I am accepted. I am loved by Jesus. Can we say it again? I love me. I love me. Because for some of us, that's really hard to accept. Can we say it again? I love me. Now, can we say, God likes me. God likes me. Come on, God likes me. Can we say now that God loves me? God loves me. That's right, God loves me. He loves me. He just loves me. Can we learn to love ourselves? and we learn to love God. God likes what he sees. So God, Lord, I pray for everyone here. God, I pray that's that simple fact is saying that I love myself. For some of us, that's quite hard to say. God, I pray that we we would be able to see ourselves as as you see us, Lord God. Help us not, Lord, to, to stop your love coming through by not being able to say that we love ourselves. Not out of pride or anything else, but I love me. I love me. And when we realize that I love me, and God, as you speak to us, even now, Lord, I pray for every single person. That God, as you're saying, Lord God, I, I love you. That God is saying, I love you. That God is saying, I love you this morning. God is saying, I love you. And for some of you here, you've got this thing going around in your mind, but I'm doing this, but I'm doing that, but I'm doing this, but I've fallen in this way, but I've chosen to live this lifestyle, but I'm doing this, but I'm doing that. But God still cries out and He still says, I love you. He still says He loves you. Even in the deepest, darkest pit, He's still crying out, I love you, I love you. You know, sometimes by what we do, it brings us to situations we never wanted to walk into and there's a consequence to our actions. But God still says He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. So God, Lord, as this morning, Lord, as we sit here for a few moments, I pray, Lord God, Lord, for the connection, that love connection to come yet again between your people and you. That there be a connection heart to heart, Lord, a connection mind to mind, a connection body to body from you to us, Lord, I pray. That we would understand what it means to be loved by a father, because we're loved and we know we're loved that we can love others as you've loved us and love well. This agape sort of love that, that goes beyond feelings there's such a firm commitment between you and, and, and me that we're just going to display your love. So God Lord I pray you touch hearts this morning. Touch lives Lord I let us let there be such a sense of your love in here this morning we're going to stand pretty soon we're going to sing a song quickly but i just feel and and even though this isn't an emotive sort of moment i just feel the people need to experience the love of god some of, them, some of us need to experience it emotionally. Some of us need to experience it physically in our bodies that we're going to be healed because of the love of God. Some of us need to experience the love of God across our minds because there's these things that go through our minds and the words keep saying stuff to us that is not good. But the love of God, I believe it's going to wash your mind free this morning. And some of you are going to leave this place different this morning because you've experienced the love of god so as we stand i'd love to pray for people there's a team here who would love to pray for you if you need healing in your body this morning we'd love to pray for you if you need some stuff broken off you off your mind we'd love to pray for you but if you just want to experience the love of god i would love to pray with you this morning can we all stand and we're just going to sing